what is going on? It is a beautiful Saturday, December 5th, but it don't even seem like it's December. More like a, you know, mid-October. Not too bad. It's cool. Sun's out. If I wasn't doing a podcast, I'd be outside. But you know me. I'd rather be doing this podcast. Episode 141 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And this is a crazy, awesome episode. Not only do I have an Air Force Academy student in Ryan Garrison, graduated from Henry Sinatuan High School in 2018, so he's fresh in the Air Force. I got a guest right here in Edge of Your Seat Podcast room, studio, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it a studio today. My friend, longtime friend, going to be a co-host with me, Jamie Espinoza. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Are you a little nervous? Maybe a little bit. You said you wanted to do this. I was like, you know, the show's PG-13. No, I said PG, not even the 13. And should we cuss or should we not? I'm going to stay PG rules because if I don't, you know, I might like catch on and then the next show I'm saying all kinds of stuff I shouldn't say. You can do what you want. Totally. Rules are made to be broken, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> we kind of been doing that in our entire lives. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. We could probably extend this laugh a long time, but we have. We definitely have. Went to high school together. You were actually kind of in... I mean, not my first group of friends when I first got here, but like right after that. Because I moved here when I was like 13 or 14 years old, and you've been a friend of mine ever since. Mm-hmm. 15. Yeah. 15. We're 35. We're 35. That's 20 years. 20 years. Oof. You knew me when I had hair. <laughs> hair? <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the night we all met in that group at Justin Hodge's house. All sitting in a circle. I had run my horoscope and it was saying one day that I was going to sit in a circle with a group of people that would be my friends for forever. And that was the night. Yeah, that was, wow. I, I remember exactly what you're talking about. You have a lot of interesting stories that we could sit here and talk about. We have been, like I said, friends for 20 years. We know about each other. We've tried to stay in contact some years, maybe not as much as others, but we know each other pretty well. But we, Kind of stayed in contact. You have a lot of stories. Just said that like two times. That's how important you being on here is because you're thinking about doing a podcast yourself. So it's like, hey, why don't you come in? We'll do a little intro together, talk about some things, and see if you like the flow. If you had a podcast right now, what would you be talking about, Jamie? I want to talk about... A lot of different things. I want to bring in my adventures that I've had over the years and my traveling, solo experiences. Also, I kind of went on a little bit of a spiritual journey and I guess for lack of better words, found myself. My dad said that, <laughs> that he can always see me and <laughs> I've never been lost. But um, yeah, so just bringing in all these different parts of me. You know, I've lived in communities and by myself and with families and I just want to talk about all the things and also I find life to be extremely hilarious. And I want to bring in that piece of it too. Let's not dive too far in because you start a podcast. I mean, we want to hear whole stories. But you just said you've been on some journeys. Where have you been? I mean, we're both from Mendota, Illinois. I know you have traveled around. Where are some places that you've seen that you've been? Well, I think most importantly, I have to say that I've traveled all the way across the country on a Greyhound bus. It was the worst experience of my life. So that's that's that. 
east to west coast. I went to South America last year, um, traveling by myself. That was quite an experience as well, in the jungle. I flew, I think I took like 10 or 15 different flights while I was there, been in the south, been up north, you know, all over the United States. But I want to continue to travel and see the world as much as possible while I'm alive. Definitely. Greyhounds are the absolute worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Our mutual friend who we grew up with, Justin Hodge, my freshman year of college at SIU, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this man in probably about a year, year and a half at that point. Got on a Greyhound from Carbondale, Illinois, to where he was in Texas. It was a 36-hour ride one way. So I was literally on a Greyhound for just two days, but to me that was a lifetime. So many different things happened. I'm going to tell one story, and then I want to hear like a story that you remember. But I was in Dallas, Texas, and... You know, we're back in the CD days, and I've been a big music guy my entire life. So I got the CD Walkman, and I got my giant case of CDs. Actually, it is right there by the window. I am pointing at it right now. Had that with me, with my CD Walkman, and I'm walking to, I think it was like a two-hour layover at the train-slash-bus station, and a guy comes up to me, and I'd seen him on the phone, and he looked upset, and he goes, Hey, man trying to get a ticket I'm like five bucks short any way you can help me out I had six dollars left in my name I was on my way back from Texas seeing Justin spent a ton of money having fun with him going back to college I was already two days late because I didn't know if I wanted to go back because I was with my best friend we were down in Texas life was grand went to South Padre Island I seen girls take off their shirt for an iguana like, there was a lot of cool things going on in Texas, and I'm 20, 20 years old. I'm like, I don't want to go back. I'm going to stay here. I ended up going back. Something in my head's like education. So anyway, I was like, you know what? Do I give this guy these $5, or do I keep them? And, you know, it helps me on the way home, because I knew I still had like 30 hours left to go. I gave it to him. Thank you, thank you, man. I think he even gave me a hug. He asked me if I was uh, into music, if I was a rapper, since I had a giant suitcase of CDs with me. Tell them, no, 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 not yet anyway. Fast forward five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. I'd use the restroom, I'm walking back out, waiting to get on the bus, and I see dude across the street walk out of a liquor store with a 40 and a candy bar. I know where my $5 went. Lesson learned, but it was still kind of cool. I was like, hey, at least I helped him out for a day. Like I made him smile, he got off the phone, really upset and irate. Like, even if he didn't use it for a ticket, you know, something good happened for him, I guess. That's my story that I'll always remember. There was a couple others. Like, there was this girl that snored and smelled funny that I sat on the bus with for, like, five hours. A couple other stories. What's a good story you got about Greyhound bus trips? Oh, Greyhound bus trips. I guess I'll just start with my first one. And I decided to do a month-long silent retreat in Vermont. I had never meditated before, so a month-long one was the longest one I could find, so I did that. Um, afterwards, they told me I was incredibly heightened, and things were going to be different, and I'm like, okay. So, got my bus ticket, got on the bus, and realized I could feel people. Like, it was the weirdest thing. It was almost like, it was almost like I was on a trip, and very heightened, and aware, and open, and so I got off on the, I think it was in New York, and I look over and this person's looking at me. 
And then I could feel another person looking at me, and I look over, and this person's looking at me. Behind me, people are looking at me, and I got scared. I'm like, what is going on here? I feel weird. I feel all these people. I got to get out of here. And so I convinced the bus driver to let me on his bus. Like, I was in the station probably for five minutes. Like, I got to get out of here. Can I get on your bus? Okay. He let me on his bus. Get off at the next bus stop. And feel the people around me. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Convince the bus driver to let me get on his bus. So I get on his bus. Then I stop at the next place and convince the bus driver to let me get on his bus. The next thing you know, I'm stuck in Missouri. And there are no more buses. They're like, you have to go back to New Hampshire, get on the right bus, and then go all the way, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I cannot do this. i got to get out of here. So I ended up asking one of our friends to come pick me up in Missouri, and he did. He came and got me and brought me to, like, southern Illinois, where I was stuck for a while there, but eventually I made it back to Mendota, and it was... The most crazy experience because I was so heightened from the meditation. I had no idea that was going to happen. It's the best thing ever. I totally recommend meditation. Not so much the Greyhound bus after meditation. But, um, yeah, it was quite quite a traumatizing, very eye-opening experience. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe we should just hop on a Greyhound bus right now and see where it takes us. Probably. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. This episode's really not going to have segments. Jamie and I talking, then we're going to get to Ryan Garrison. I guess we'll call this the segment of life and travel. Brought to you by Mendota Ford of the Shimmer Group, Shimmer Company. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. And it's December, end of a treacherous 2020. No worries, no fear. Mendota Ford wants to usher in a better 2021 with an end of the year sale like never before. New management leads the team into the new year as Ski Hartman brings 10 years of experience with a pressure-free, no-hassle approach for the best buying experience. Go visit my friends Ski, Jason, Tony, and Doug at Mendota Ford located just south of Mendota on 251 or contact them. 815-539- 9314 or visit MendotaFord.com. So when you first walked into the door, you're like, Mendota. And I'm like, Mendota. We're both back here. I've taken some travels. You've been around the world. We're both here. What is it about Mendota that has kind of sucked us back? What made you come back after being on the West Coast, after being in all these other places? What brought you back home? (laughs) You know... Hold on. I like the good chuckle because we've both have done it <laughs> quite a few times. But just for the listeners who can't see us and see what's happening, as we're telling stories, we're both trying to hide laughter so we don't overtake the story. I just wanted to point that out because we both started doing it just laughing. Anyway, back to the question. What brings it back to Mendota? Well, I live on a field, and that's kind of what I've dedicated my life to in this weird way and one day last year after Christmas I had a feeling that I was supposed to come home and I didn't really know why but I just knew in my heart that I was supposed to be here and I trust that and a lot of times I don't know the answer but I know there's a reason and I know there's purpose and so I just go with that and that's why I'm here today and I can honestly say that it was one of the best decisions I made being home because I'm, I'm home in my body, I'm home in the home I grew up in, I'm home with my family, I'm home. And I still try to get away. <laughs> <laughs> that will never change. Never, never change. 
I've been back. I've been back in Mendota for about a year and a half. Was in the area for a little bit off and on for like the last four or five, but took off to Texas, took off to Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and you just, you know, sometimes you got to do that. You just got to, like, I don't know, revamp batteries. You got to test waters. You got to see if there's anything else out there because let's face it, we're in rural Illinois. There's only so much to do. There's only so many career opportunities. Not saying that they're bad, not saying that they're great, but people are always looking for something different to satisfy what they want, what's in their head, their vibes, the field, like you just said, living on the field. And it's just crazy because everybody's like, yeah, if you're from Mendota or from this area, it just sucks you back in. And I've never really felt like it sucked me back in. When I came back, it just felt like, you know, my people are here. My friends are here. Not trying to sound greedy or anything, but I make money here. I'm able to survive here on a more than average level where I was in Texas and I felt like I was broke, cheap, and couldn't live the life I wanted to. Went to Milwaukee, kind of did the same thing. I just felt like I was one level above sleeping on a bench under a bridge. I come here, I got my own apartment, doing my own thing, and it's just like, maybe it's that hometown feel, maybe it's because you know people, but it's just a vibe that is homey to you, kind of cozy to you that you can adapt to whatever age, whatever, because you're here, you're from here. Do you agree, or did I just ramble? <laughs> I agree, except for maybe the financial part. <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally agree. And I only say financial for me because you do have family here. When my family is in Freeport and my sister doesn't live here anymore, my family isn't here. Actually, you're kind of family. Like, one-time friend. My friends that I have grown up with that have all these stories to say. I mean, we've been friends for 20 years, and I know you more than my family, really. You know what I mean? And even though we've had that distant gaps where we didn't talk to each other for five years here, four years here, I still know you probably better than a lot of family. So it's, again, that closeness that uh, you're around people. So maybe that's what brings us back. Like you said, you're back chilling with your family, back chilling with my friends. Maybe it's that personal connection with people that brings us back to Mendota. What do you think about that? Is that it? Yeah, totally. And I think that we are family, you know? I mean, we're not blood family, but we're soul family, and that's equally or even better. I not how you look at it. I'll go with better. I'll go with that. <laughs> I'll go with better. I like it. I like it. But yeah, when you hit me up, oh, what was it? It was still cold out before summer, so we'll say like February or March of this year. You hit me up like, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. You want to meet up? And it was like we hadn't not spoken for like three years. It was like, hey, what's up? Give each other a hug and chill out and talk about life. And you told me your crazy stories and I told you mine. And it was cool. It was like we were podcasting without podcasting. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> so now that you're back, that feel brought you back to Mendota. What are you trying to do or, you know, we're always, as people, trying to figure out what's next or, you know, a goal, a, a mission, whatever we're trying to do. What is your, in your mind, the real, I guess, mission or goal for you coming back and what are you trying to accomplish here in your hometown? I guess my goal is to bring what I've learned to the table. And that really is my journey, my journey um, with meditation, with yoga, with my energy healing practice in medicine. And I'm actually going to Mexico to get my master's in marriage and family counseling. And I'm um, focusing on 
drug and alcohol addiction therapy. Merging all of them together, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the science is really what I want and I want to, to birth almost like a new modality that encompasses all of them. And being back here has given me that. It's almost like being here has given me the glue, the foundation to create this, what I think will be an incredibly deep, personal, and amazing experience. And I think that is something that Mendoza needs, maybe. I'm like nodding my head with that face like, yeah, I agree, <laughs> I agree. So you just said a second ago, like, okay, maybe not the financial thing when I was talking about my story. But in a way, you know, financial or not, doing stuff that we want to do that we feel is a positive thing for either the community or us ourselves. This podcast doesn't happen in Milwaukee, doesn't happen in Texas. And it sounds like things that you're trying to do doesn't happen in other places. But now you're here, you're grounded, and are going to be able to make those dreams a reality. Yeah. It's happening. I never would have guessed that it would be Mendota. And it's Mendota. I'm actually starting my master's program in a few days if everything goes according to plan. And within three years, I'll be a therapist. Back to the Mendota theme. How does these things happen in Mendota, Illinois? Sucks you in and like makes you feel like you're doing something, which is kind of weird. Because we all try to get out of Mendota. High school, you're like, what are you going to do when you graduate? Get out of here. Like, it doesn't matter what we do. We're out of Mendota. And then, you know, we're in our 30s or however, 40s, whatever. You come back and this is where life is. It's weird. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go buy a Greyhound bus ticket when I leave here. (laughs) They might sell two Greyhound bus tickets today. So now that we just said we're back in Mendota and loving it, we're going to be gone in about 20 minutes, so... Thanks for having us. We're out of here. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We decided to stay. We're not going anywhere. And you're probably staying here. You're not going anywhere either. It's winter. Usually I say, hey, summer came and went. Fall is here. Well, it's not. Summer's gone. Fall's gone. It's winter. But don't worry. You got a house. There's stuff that needs improved. Renovations. You can still do it. There's still time. Olson Construction works hard to help its customers until it's no longer possible. But they can still do it. Inside the house. Garages. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, Siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. With COVID-19 making it hard to celebrate the holidays, this may be a perfect time to make your home as comfortable and cozy as possible. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Before I let you get out of here, Jamie, or before you run out of the door because you're like, oh man, why did I just do this podcast? Let's talk about the world right now. I mean, it's 2020. We have all went through a crazy, crazy year. COVID-19, economy kind of plummeting, 
We could list the things that even in our own town, our own community has happened. A kangaroo was just loose in Peru. Craziness everywhere. What do you think of this year, just in general, of all the madness? I think it's just that. It's mad. <laughs> the world has gone mad. I also think that there is a lot of beauty that's come through within all of this. I think that being home is creating a new connection with people that has been lost. You know, even though we are apart, it's like we are together in this way. And I think that that's really beautiful. I had a falling out when I was in Chicago and ended up like not having a place to live. And I came home you know, with my dad and I've had to ask for a lot of help and there's been a lot of people there to help me. And so I'm truly grateful for that. And also for the push to ask for what I need made me step up as a human being to ask for what I need. And there's also a lot of devastation and it's very humbling. It gives people a chance to look at what they really need rather than what they want. And I feel like that's something that's very, very, very important as we continue on our journey on this earth. It's like, what do we need? And I think that's the most important thing of all of this. I love it. I love your outlook on life. I have always enjoyed that. I think that's probably a reason that we've stayed friends or that has kept me talking to you for all these years. We've mentioned a couple times you were talking, thinking about doing a podcast. Now that you've had a mic in front of your face, you're talking on the mic and you've been able to share some stories, some things that you have experienced. Is this something that you might look a little further into doing? Yeah, I love talking. <laughs> you just talk all day, huh? I can talk all day. Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you about? I'm secretly going to give her a mic. She's going to set it up and like talk in her sleep or something. I can see it happening. Definitely. I'm ready. Just set the mic above your bed. Just right. talk into it. Yeah. Bedtime stories with Jamie. There you go. That's the new name of her podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Any ideas for a name of a new podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Hollywood Woman podcast because that's one of my businesses. Or Sobering Stories with Sally. That's my alter ego. That's why it's sober and Sally, because I'm sober now, and Sally's, like, in the background. Gotcha. I got her on a dog chain. I like it. <laughs> She's on a dog chain in a cage, like, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I should say. Sally is in a dog cage right now with a chain around her neck, petting her. I bet she'll wait for years. Well, I am definitely interested in learning about sobering Sally and more stories of your travels and things that you have been through as a person. Even if we didn't travel in Mendota, in Peru, in Ottawa, in Streeter, anywhere in Illinois, in any other state, we kind of go through things as people have stories, have occasional setbacks, occasional triumphs, and those are awesome to hear about, and I know you have both of both. I am very interested in hearing more, and I already know, as soon as this goes out and people hear some of your stories, they will be interested in hearing them also. Jamie, I want to thank you very, very, very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, being a cool, special co-host. It has been a while since I had a co-host on one of these shows, and I really appreciate you stepping in and joining me on the mic. Thank you, Brandon, for having me today. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you, and I look forward to the future. Bye, Felicia. We're going to go straight from Jamie's by Felicia to something that hopefully we can keep around. 
Because let's face it, it's not easy to get in shape. It's not easy to stay physically fit. There are factors working against all of us, including time and work schedules, lack of support system, maybe motivation is low, don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body, injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit, located at the Prue Mall, across from Secret Nails, offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, not just one day a week. There are many options and classes are only one hour. Support group LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation, the trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided or pushed at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. Want to go hard? You're welcomed with this kind of atmosphere. Hello? How are you? Go get at it. If you want a more relaxed approach, it's the same. Hello? How are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Well, Jamie and I, thank you for listening to the intro. Now we have to get to Ryan Garrison. Has stories of his own, Air Force Academy, he's been overseas, went to Italy, went to Sylvania, he's been all over the place, he talks about it all. Great guest, really fortunate to have him on this episode. We will be back next week, don't know the schedule exactly. Follow Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. If you have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Don't know where you're listening to this show, but you can listen to Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and rss.com backslash podcast backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I just said the word podcast about seven times in about 35 seconds. That means it's time to go. Thank you for joining. Hopefully you're having a fantastic weekend. We'll catch you soon. Until then, peace. I know a lot of people were gone for the holiday, Thanksgiving, even though we're kind of in this weird quarantine, COVID-19 thing, people were still gone. Well, my guest today was gone for other reasons and just recently got home. Happy to be home from the military, serving our country. Very happy and thankful to have Ryan Garrison on. How's it going, Ryan? Oh, it's going well, Brandon. How about you? I am doing fantastic. And again, thank you for your services in the Air Force. I couldn't tell you enough how thankful for you I am and for all of your brothers and sisters in arms. Well, absolutely. Thank you for the support. Of course. Of course, my man. We're Americans. We got to do that here. So you are a Henry graduate, graduated in 2018, correct? Yes, sir. What made you decide to get into the Air Force? I mean, originally for me, 
college, it's pretty hard to pinpoint what you want to do, especially education-wise in college, but I mean, it was just really easy. I had a lot of family in the military, and just being in a structured system, it just works really well for me, so I said, why not? <laughs> and I just put my mind to it, and I did it. How long did you know that you wanted to be in the Air Force? Like, What kind of age or what year in school were you when you're like, you know what, that's what I'm going to do? Yeah, I think it was pretty evident uh, my junior year that I was going to join and enlist. It was just, just started to feel right and everything fell in line there. Okay. Why the Air Force? I mean, there's the Marines, there's the Coast Guard, there's the National Guard, there's Army. What was it about the Air Force that we were like, hey, that's what I'm doing? For me, I really liked the electronic aspect of the uh, Air Force. I mean, the technology is just great, and I thought that the opportunity to do something that I'd be really interested in that wasn't, wasn't quite up to par with electrical engineering, but pretty close was uh, the deciding factor. It was just, I liked that job opportunity a little better. Plus, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't really like uh, the water a whole lot, so being on a boat was pretty much scratched out a lot of the options. <laughs> See, like that, we're getting rid of that. Not going to be on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you don't like to swim or if you don't like water, if it's a good idea to be in the Navy or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't mind swimming, but it just wasn't, uh, didn't seem like it'd be a great, great fit for me. Gotcha. Are you trying to be in the air or did you just want to do the electronic things like you were just talking about? I was very lucky through Leaders Encouraging Airmen Development Program that I got to now attend the Air Force Academy. And uh, I am very intrigued in trying to, uh, once I graduate in 2024, that uh, I get a, a pilot slot and get to go to pilot training. Because, I mean, flying a fighter jet would be, it would just be an incredible and exciting experience that I'd love to do. That does sound like that would be pretty cool. Like you could just do whatever you want to in the air. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's my end goal once I graduate the academy, luckily. So you are at Air Force Academy right now? Yes, sir, that is correct. And you came home to Henry in the last week or so? Yeah, so I just came home for Thanksgiving break. Just currently doing a little bit of online learning before we roll into winter break. Okay. When was the last time you were home? Uh... January of 2019, I believe, was the last time. Oh, so it's been a little while. Yeah, it definitely has been. How's it feel to be back home? Did you meet up with uh, some old friends? At first, it felt kind of weird. It was just not being home for so long, but uh, I definitely made sure to make time for my friends once I got to my family, and it was, it's been great catching up with everyone. Does anything change in Henry? You come back and like, oh, this is different, or is it same old, same old? They uh, replaced the uh, old Casey's, and now there's a new one where uh, the old fast stop was, or whatever that gas station was. So it was really weird seeing a new Casey's. Other than that, it was same old, same old. Yeah, I'm in Mendota, and most of these towns around here, if there's anything change, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I know the uh, the new Casey's look is a little controversial for Henry. They're so used to the uh, almost the original thing, so it's definitely a controversial topic in this town. Do you have some older residents like, oh, I hate it, you should go back to the old ways? Yeah, of course, something like that. <laughs> definitely. I understand that. That will happen. That will definitely happen. You've mentioned a few times the electronics. Is that 
kind of what you wanted to do from the get-go is electronic engineering and you're going to stick with that? Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm thinking about at the moment. Once I finish a little bit more of the general education side, I'll kind of have a better idea, but electrical engineering is a very appealing uh, degree to pursue, just like the problem-solving aspect of it. I would enjoy a lot, honestly. Okay, okay. And I don't know how the Air Force works. No, it's college, obviously, it's connected with military. How does that work as a student? Do you have to do physical training? So, the way the academies, or at least the Air Force Academy works, I can speak towards. I mean, you're a full-time student, but they're still, like, very similar to ROTC and other uh, programs for commissioning. You're not actively in the Air Force, so to speak, once you're at the college, and once you hit your junior year, you get a lot more committed. But there is a lot of physical training, at least five days a week. you got to make sure you're working out, doing something proactive, and a lot of leadership development at the academy as well, just whenever they can squeeze it in. So you're a lean, mean fighting machine? Oh, of course. I wouldn't have said it better myself. But do you enjoy that much physical training? I mean, there's some people that do absolutely none, and then you go to the Army military forces, Air Force, Navy, whatever, and that's pretty much half of your life. I could probably work out six days a week minimum. There's a lot of times that I've worked out like 20 days in a row before I take a rest day. I love it. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know, it's a very good outlet for stresses of life, but it just makes me feel really good. Uh, I mean, I especially like working out because recently, what was it, this last January or February, I did like a, uh, not quite an ultra marathon, but I did a trail race that was about 35 miles, and that was just, that tough experience was great for me, so working out's no issue. So how long would it be before you could even think about flying? You said you would have to get a pilot's license. Is this an after-college type of deal? Yeah, so typically the way it works, once you graduate from the academy, you're a commissioned officer, but uh, you have to apply or qualify, I should say, for a, a pilot slot, and then they send you to flight school, and they it's then you're part of the Air Force's training. So, You said that you're not necessarily part of the Air Force, even though you're at the academy. Can you go to the academy and not be in the Air Force? If you want to graduate from the academy, you're going into the Air Force. That's uh, pretty much a guarantee. That's a guarantee. <laughs> Otherwise, you won't graduate if you're not going to end up in the Air Force, basically. I wasn't trying to sound like an idiot, but I really didn't know oh, that. No, you're good. I mean, it's it's a very few people go to the academy, so it's how do you know? I don't blame you for that. It's a good question. Where is Air Force Academy located? Uh, Colorado Springs, right next to the uh, mountains there in Colorado. I'm jealous. That sounds like a beautiful place to be. <laughs> I love the location. It's great. I thoroughly enjoy it. I feel like that's why you really went. You just wanted to be in Colorado and get out of Illinois. <laughs> I mean, luckily, uh, being enlisted for a few years, I did get a leave uh, Illinois, like, immediately. So I had a little time out of this state before coming to Colorado, luckily. But it's that the location definitely helps a ton. So you're two years in now at the academy? No, so this is my first year because I did my enlistment, and then luckily through a program I was able to go to the academy after serving for two years so then this is my now first year at USAFA okay so where were you before then your enlistment what does that entail 
Uh, so, I mean, once you, everybody knows, like, you know, you go through boot camp and whatnot, you get a little more training afterwards, but my uh, first duty station was in Italy, luckily. It was, I was very lucky to be in Europe, first duty station. You're making me very jelly today. <laughs> I've been incredibly fortunate, I definitely can say that for sure. So you graduate from Henry 2018, right after that you go to boot camp and the training, where'd you go to boot camp at? San Antonio, Texas. A wonderful place to be. I've been there a couple times. Yeah, I mean, you don't really get to explore it too much. You're too busy getting yelled at. But, <laughs> but yeah, it is a great city. I always wondered about that. I was actually in the National Guard for a few years and get yelled at. But probably, in my mind, probably not as much as the Air Force, the Navy, the Army. I just always felt like a little guy, and a lot of us did. You guys yell that a lot? I mean, I feel like I've always been on my P's and Q's and whatnot, so I've never really had an issue. I've been fortunate enough to, I guess, I don't know, either stay low or do a good good enough job to not be yelled at, but I would say it's a pretty big misconception that as long as you're doing the right thing, you're probably not going to get yelled at. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, in the Air Force, like I said, I was in the National Guard and we had MOSs, which are jobs. Mine was 88 Mike. Do you guys have MOS? Uh, yeah, so in the Air Force, it's called AFSC, so like Air Force Specialty Code. So yeah, that's our equivalent to the uh, MOS. I was a uh, 1 Charlie 853. What does that mean? Without getting too specific about it, the easiest way to explain it, so there's uh, jobs in the Federal Aviation Association, like in the civilian world or sector, where they just work on airfield equipment. So like any equipment that would help an air traffic controller uh, control planes and, or any aircraft. So that's the equipment I worked on pretty much, but Air Force side. And I guess to make it a little more clear, it's like anything, it'll typically like locate a plane, help it land, just give any data on like how it's flying and whatnot. Basically give the picture of that airspace. Now does that job i almost said mos but not an mos for you but does that job stick with you now is that yours you know while you're in the academy and afterwards since i went from enlisted to the academy it was pretty much like i cut all ties to that and right now i'm full-time as a student just working on my uh i guess leadership development and education and then once i finish up with everything i'll get assigned like a whole new career field and whatnot Okay, okay. So it was like you rented it, or that job title rented you for a year or two, and then you move on. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way to put it. I mean, I had nothing against the job. I enjoyed it a lot, but uh, unfortunately, better opportunities reared their heads, so I had to try and move up. I mean, we got to. You're competitive, you're trying to do the best you can. I mean, in my mind, probably your mind too means, okay, keep moving up the ranks. You got to. Oh, Absolutely. I'd fully agree with that. How often are you in your uniform? Uh, so, at the academy, it's very uh, dependent on, like, what grade you're at, because it's kind of like a ranking system for your grade, like, what privileges and rights you get. But typically, like, your freshman year, you'll be wearing the uniform. That's about the only thing you're going to wear unless you're going to work out or if you're, you know, getting ready for bed or something. But other than that, you're pretty much in the uniform a good chunk of the time. You can't sleep in your uniform? No, you seem... Most, I don't think anyone would want to sleep in their uniform. <laughs> but, 
that's pretty much, I mean, the extent you almost sleep in it nearly. Did you play a game of basketball in your uniform? Depending on the situation. So you have your own, like, physical training uniform, so that's what everyone would wear if they're going to uh, play. I mean, the actual military uniform itself is, we have a lot of respect for it, so we try not to work out or do anything like that uh, physical in it. I was totally just being silly. Just being silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one flew over my head, I won't lie. No, no problem, no problem. I'm glad you gave me an honest answer. You're like, no, man, now I'm going to wear this one that's made for that. Yeah. You know, saying that you like the structured system and, you know, kind of rules and regulations and that's kind of the person that you are, you enjoyed that, wanted to be part of that. You know, when you first did the enlistment and you're at boot camp and stuff, did it take you a few minutes to, you know, grasp everything? I mean, you're doing movements and everything's organized and... Things that you probably weren't used to before getting involved in it. Yeah, I mean, I would say no one's, like, military ready just right out the get-go. So that's always an adjustment for, I'd say, any person in their lives if they were to try that. It's, a, it's no easy task. You didn't watch a bunch of uh, Air Force movies and read the Air Force Bible before you got there? <laughs> I mean, Top Gun and, like... I don't know, there's a lot of good Air Force movies, especially with the little Air Force propaganda in there. Like, even Iron Man 1, I had to watch it, because they have the little scene there at the beginning. I mean, it's great, but uh, I was, I'm was i not too uh, serious in regards to preparing for stuff like that. I like to just kind of go with it and figure it out when I get there to an extent. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, you bring up Top Gun, you got Maverick, you got Goose. Do you got a nickname yet? Oh, no, I, I haven't earned any nickname, really, to be honest. I think that's later for uh, officers usually earn their call signs once they're uh, in. And typically, it's something they do that's usually kind of dumb or they get made fun of for. But, I mean, I haven't earned that yet, unfortunately. You know what this means, right? This means that you're going to be on again in the future so I can find out your nickname. Oh, of course. <laughs> Might be many years down the road, though. Hey, it's all right. I'll still be doing this, and you're always welcome. Kind of go full circle here. Let off the intro how you're back home, back at Henry, back in Illinois. Let's talk about your high school career. I did a couple stories with you, and you were kind of an all-around athlete, could play everything. Wasn't great. You weren't bad. You made teams and kind of just enjoyed sports. Am I saying this correctly? Well, I mean, for the most part, I say you're pretty much spot on. I mean, if, if a sport has a ball in it, I never really spent that much time practicing. I just did it for the fun of it. But I mean, I took running fairly seriously. I think I had at least a little bit of success compared to the average runner. But other than that, yeah, if it had a ball in it, I, was, uh, I wasn't anything special. <laughs> Actually, you being in the Air Force was thrown to me by now athletic director, baseball coach Matt Emmons. So you must have left sort of a lasting impression on the coaches of sports with balls in them. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would definitely say I brought a uh, great work ethic and some really good characters to the teams. And I mean, I definitely get my fair share of playing time and whatnot, but I'm not anything to write home about at the same time. Are sports in the military, Air Force, is there kind of a connection how... You know, there is uniforms. There is things that you do the same, the routine, the structure. Do you think there's similarities here and there? 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say the biggest one is at the end of the day, you you have to be selfless. I mean, in sports, if you want to be successful, you can't. It can't be about you. So I would say that's the biggest one. But uh, I mean, that and just trying to be in on the same page with everyone in a really organized manner, just to have a collective effort. I'd say you can definitely find similarities through the two. What all sports did you play for, Henry? I was thinking in my head. I know baseball. I knew you ran. Did you do anything else? I played basketball for two years, uh, freshman and sophomore year, and uh, that was the only other sport. Now that you've moved on from, you know, athletics, you're doing other things, Air Force, are you glad that you had that opportunity? I mean, some people, however you do your high school career, some people play sports, some don't, then they move on, regret things, don't regret things. How do you feel about your athletic career at Henry? I mean, I absolutely loved it. I, I did what I wanted to at the time, and I was never too worried about, I guess, uh, missing out. Yeah, I mean, I just did everything to the full extent of my ability. I enjoyed it when I wanted to. And then when I thought I was done, I was done. I just don't have any regrets to that. You got this all figured out. You know what you're doing. <laughs> of course. I mean, life's too short to not enjoy. So I mean, why worry about the past? Well said, my friend. Well said. That was like message time. <laughs> you already said you got to go to Italy. I'm guessing that you got to go to a lot of other cooler places in your journey so far. Yeah, you'd be absolutely right about that. Uh, anytime I had some free time or had a chance for a long weekend, I definitely did my best to try and get out there and see more of Europe. Before we got on here, you told me some of the places you went to, and I'm like, hey, this is a game. Let's play rank them. You told me places that you went to. I'm going to repeat them right here so the listeners know where you've been. And we'll play a game of rank them. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. You can start either side of the spectrum you want. One being your best. Five being the least favorite of these destinations. And then you put the rest in the middle. So, we got Italy, Netherlands, Germany, Croatia, and Slovenia. So, out of those five, let's play rank them. What do you got, Ryan? Well, I mean, we'll start off with number five, and I'm pretty biased here because I think I uh, just spent too much time in Italy. I was just became a little ungrateful, but I would say that's probably my fifth favorite out of that bunch of countries, to be honest. I mean, Europe was spectacular. It was just a different lifestyle, but I mean, I would say number four was probably Croatia, just because it was a little more low-key. It's a little more low-key of a country, in all honesty. Then number three, this is also a tough pick, but uh, Slovenia. Absolutely gorgeous scenery, and uh, it's got a little snowboarding, which, I mean, that's right up my alley. So that comes in at number three. Number two, I would say the Netherlands. I only got to go to Amsterdam to see that city, so I don't know too much about the overall country. But, I mean, that was one of the best uh, experiences of my life. Probably the nicest people that I've uh, been able to interact with. And the number one for me was Germany. It's just such a great overall experience i don't even think i have one complaint about that country i mean it's even got the auto bomb one of the one of the best things in the world who doesn't want to drive fast <laughs> definitely all right so i got a couple questions about a few of these italy like when i hear italy i think old people i think spaghetti am i wrong <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean i get where that that idea comes from but uh not, not everyone's just old people but I would throw in there the wine is just, there's vineyards all over, especially in northern Italy, and uh, the wine is top-notch. So that 
that that comes to mind immediately for me. Croatia, when you say kind of low key, are we meaning like kind of big but got a small town feel to it? Is that kind of what you mean? Well, I mean, when I'm getting that Paris, like, there's just not those huge, major, like, name brand kind of cities, if you know what I mean. Because, I mean, you think the United States, it's New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. And then, like, when you're even thinking of Germany and Italy, it just has those, like, heavy hitters kind of uh, cities between, like, Rome, Florence, and Italy. And then, like, in Germany, Berlin, and a few others. So that's kind of what I mean by more low-key. It's not as pronoun as some of the other uh, countries on that list gotcha gotcha i understand now sylvania got some snowboarding i'm guessing a lot of mountains has it kind of got like a colorado feel to it i mean there's definitely plenty of mountains in sylvania i mean but it's right with austria and northern italy they're all very similar in like kind of landscape and geography but uh yeah, I mean, it's just overall a gorgeous place. I've really only been up there in, or the mountains portion because in the winter, that was probably probably my favorite thing to do, in all honesty. And I'll definitely try to find an opportunity to snowboard this winter as well. Netherlands. Talk about Amsterdam and that they were very nice people. Were they very, <laughs> very nice people because they were on something? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that was it at all. I mean, because as we all know, I mean, the States... One by one, states are legalizing marijuana or whatever drug it is. I don't think that had anything to do with it. And I did my, uh, I kept a good effort to stay away from any drugs personally. But, um, I mean, it was just like the whole culture was very just laid back. We're not worried about anything. Like, it's just, if I'm doing something, it's my business. I'm not too worried about anybody else. And it was just a really, really nice experience. The food was delicious architecture is some of my favorite that I've ever seen and I mean I could go on and on about it that was a very diplomatic answer (laughs) (laughs) what can I say I try to be silver tongued if you will you're gonna leave the air force and then just go straight into politics is what it sounds like (laughs) I mean I wouldn't mind that I know uh, Adam Kinsinger our uh, congressman here in this district he's a He's a pilot for the Air Guard. I mean, I wouldn't mind if I uh, followed in similar footsteps. That's a great guy to be like. I see. You're already setting up your path way down the road. You you got this all figured out. (laughs) Germany kind of like fits in with the countries that, I mean, you're in Europe. You're listed them all. In Germany, I'm thinking, as soon as you say Germany, I'm kind of thinking strict. I'm thinking everybody is very proper, like in their posture. And... I'm probably wrong. I can see where that kind of uh, stereotype or that first idea comes from. But yeah, I mean, it's just well, it's just well past that. I feel like they're a lot more modern than some people would think in that regards to strictness. Uh, I mean, they're just living their lives just like any other normal human beings. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even even think about that. I didn't think it was even remotely a, a possibility, to be honest with you. The Hitler Nazi day is way gone. Yes, I, I, wish, I don't think that is even remotely close to being the reality now. There's, there, uh, there's plenty of great uh, Germans that are just lit, modern, laid back, living their lives. That is definitely dead and gone, that era. Good, and it should be. Of course, I would hope so. <laughs> For sure. You know, also when I think of some of these countries, I think of beer. I mean, we are 
probably yep. professional beer drinkers in America. Well, there's a lot of good ones. I don't know if we're on that level. What do you think as somebody that's been both places? Luckily, I, at the time, it was legal for me to drink in those countries, and in the States, I refrained from that. Just, you know, don't want to break the law, being that I'm uh, 20 or just about to be freshly 21. But uh, I will say that Americans might be professionals at partying, but I think the uh, the light beers and whatnot is doesn't... They, they couldn't stand in a fight uh, going up with, like, a German beer or a really good... Uh, Lager or something from Europe. I just don't think that's like that comparison could even be close. I mean, now of course America has a lot more than just like Bud Light and Bush Light, but that's just kind of the idea I think of when I think of America. And me too. <laughs> and me too. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be in a drinking competition against anybody from like Germany or Italy. They'd smash me. Oh, I mean, if they can go to Oktoberfest and drink those really thick lagers. I don't think I don't want to face them either. Have you seen anybody drinking out of a boot? No, I can't say I've ever seen that one, no. So there must just be a movie thing. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I know Europeans, anytime I talk to them, they really look into movies in American culture as well. But unfortunately, drinking out of a boot has not been a reality that I've seen. I mean, I guess you're going to have to start the fat over there. You're going to have to bring a boot to a bar and have them drink out of it. And I am glad that, you know, you had your future set, you know what you want to do, and you refrain from drinking. I definitely, if you're in high school, I recommend waiting until you're old enough to do it. I fully agree with you. It's really not, it's not anything special. It's just not worth it. So I fully agree. I was not that smart when I was in high school, and I did party. <laughs> And it did stunt my growth a little bit, and I had to learn from mistakes and stuff that I made in high school as I got older and had to, you know, come back instead of just being able to start with a whole fresh finish, you know, as a young kid. So definitely recommend not drinking in high school. Was that another message time? Oh, I mean, it sounds like it. we're trying to get deep here on the podcast. I know, we're just dropping messages everywhere. <laughs> Ryan Garrison, I want to thank you for joining the show. It was great chatting with you. Learned some stuff about the Air Force and other countries that I had no idea. I'm guessing the listeners that have not had the opportunity to go to Europe or be in the Air Force know anything either. So a lot of learning we did here today. Thank you for sharing with us. And again, thank you for your service and everything you're doing for us. Well, absolutely. I mean, I really appreciate the chance to have a conversation with you, Brandon, and uh, hopefully it was entertaining for the people as well.